Welcome to the Your Fearless Journey podcast with Becky, Kat, and Heather, where you can grow through your fears with courage and live your life wildly inspired. Have you ever been afraid? What were you afraid of? And what's your first memory of fear? Welcome to Your Fearless Journey with Becky, Kat, and Heather. We're here to come alongside you so you can grow through your fears with courage and live your life wildly inspired. Oh, I love today because today is for you. If you have ever struggled with fear, which honestly, let's be honest, that's most of us. Mm-hmm. But today is also for you. If you know fear is a problem in your life, but you're not really sure where it came from, or maybe you've never even thought about where it came from. We're going to be talking to you today. Now, I'm curious, ladies, because this is your fearless journey with Becky, Cat, and Heather. I think we need to talk about what is our first memory of fear. So, Kat, mm-hmm. I'm going to have you start it off. What's your first memory of fear, my friend? Oh, man. This is a good one. Yeah. When I was six to nine, we lived in Saudi Arabia. My dad was with McDonnell Douglas at the time, Boeing nowadays. And so he, we were over there for three and a half years. And so when you're already overseas, you can travel anywhere overseas any other time you want, I guess, because you're closer. (laughs) That makes sense. So we got to go all over the place. Well, one of our favorite places to go, because my mom's best friend was there, was Germany. And so in Germany, you... Did you get a bratwurst? I don't remember. (laughs) I do, however, remember that I could sniff out by watching for clues on how to find a McDonald's, like what direction to go, (laughs) everything. She's in Germany and she's looking for a McDonald's. I was six. (laughs) That's funny. I was eating like, you know, escargot at six. Oh, my. Come on now. Wow. Wow. Brie. Wow. Brie. I had Brie at my grandma's house. So Wow. Right. So That's you're on impressive. your way to Germany. Go ahead, Kat. <laughs> so we get to Germany. It's my mom, me, and my brother. And he was he's three and a half years younger than me. So he was uh if I was six, he was three. And he was kind of like one of those kids that just really didn't pay attention much, you know, and uh we were on the train. And going from Munich to Zurich or vice versa or something like that in Germany, my mom had watched these trains, like as far as timing them, watched the schedule. She timed every stop from our first stop. So she knew that whenever we got to our stop, how we would have approximately two minutes, grab, you know, she already knew in her head she was going to grab me, my brother, and which bags she was going to grab put it out on the the platform, turn around, grab her other bags, and then hop out, you know, and, and be fine. She knew she had plenty of time because those doors, like, there was nothing to stop them. And it wasn't like the subway doors where you can just pull the little thing, you know, and set off an oh, alarm. Keep or, it, yeah, yeah, keep it open. Yeah. The and, safety mechanism. Yes, yes. So there was nothing like that. This was literally a real train where you had to go As to. As opposed to a fake train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I threw you on that one. I'm sorry. I totally threw you off. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we had this little door that just 
barely folded open, like the old phone booths. Do you remember that oh, door and just yeah. like yeah. open and shut? And that was it. So Superman's coming out anyway. We had yeah, we had she literally had everything by the door. My brother and I right in front of her, the bags that she was gonna put out with us, and she had the other bags she was gonna grab right next to the door, right there. Everything was all together. We get to our stop. She puts me, Jared, and the bag that was like this huge duffel bag for, like, it had all the money, the passports, her gold from Saudi, like all kinds of stuff, you know, in it. She puts that on the platform with us, and I believe two suitcases, turns around and gets the last suitcase, turns to face us to step off the train, and the door shut, (gasps) and the train takes off with my mother. I'm screaming, running. I can see her just like screaming bloody murder. like freaking out. Freaking out, banging as hard as she can. She's leaning back and kicking the door, trying to get it open, and nothing would happen. And the train like is flying down the track with my mom. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. And how old were you? I was six. Six. So your brother was four? Three. Three. Yeah, wow. so he's back by the bags, and he's just standing there What's in La La going, Land. What's going yeah. on, people? And I'm chasing the wow. train down the tracks, and um, it, it gets to a point where it's gone. You know, there's no right. way. It picked up too much speed. It was gone. So I run back to my brother, and I'm like, ah! crying. And he's like, was mom on that train? And I'm like, yes. And then he throws himself on the floor and starts screaming uh, and kicking and crying yeah, yeah. and all that. Well, thank God we had this couple that could speak English. They were from somewhere over there, but I think they were just um, maybe transplants or, or, or you know, stationed somewhere Germany, or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So all I remember is he and his wife and their little baby girl, she might have been a year old, they saw us, saw exactly what happened. He found out where that train was going, came and grabbed my brother and me and our bags and put us on the next train with him and his wife and their baby. I guess their stop must have been between where we were and where my mom was. So he had them get off, said, I'll see you later. I'll be back, you know, and Mm -hmm. took off to, took my brother and I to the stop where my mom was. Well, as soon as we got off, he gets us, or as soon as the train stopped, he gets us off as quickly as he can because he knew he'd have like a split second. She would literally be getting on, on this other, train. Probably to go back, right? Yeah. She would be getting on a train the second we were getting off. Wow. So he knew that he had to fly out of the train, start walking down the the um, platform. And all I could see was like mm. hundreds of people. Like mm. no, there was no space. Of, you know, and here I am, this, you know, wow. I'm pretty oh, short. What a hero, so all right? I can see is. Oh, for real. I'm telling you. Yeah. So I remember him giving me the money bag. I was holding it on my shoulder. He was holding my hand and carrying my brother in the other arm. And we were walking as fast as we could up this, like, I felt like a salmon swimming up, you know, swimming <laughs> upstream. Up, yeah. yeah. With all these people just coming and coming and coming. They were getting on the train. We were getting off or something. I don't know. They just kept coming. And I just happened to look up and in the middle of everybody, I saw my mom. Mm. Her face was like horrible. She mm. was just like, bawling hysterically and pulling a like a cart you know with the two suitcases on it and I screamed I dropped the money bag with everything (laughs) in it our whole life I run to my mom and she grabs me you know Mm. and um he picks up the bag that I dropped and he brings 
my brother over to my mom and my mom just like wrapped her arms around his neck oh, like she was never letting go yeah. and so he saved us and that was probably the first time i ever felt not only fear but panic mm. anxiety yeah, yeah uh complete hopelessness helplessness yeah and it was all in like it feels like a period of just a flash second yeah. that it all just like shot through my body mm. and that was yeah i vowed to never get on a train again but oh, i have, well, I have. i'm proud of you yeah that's I'm, overcoming your fears it's yeah, good i was six i'm yeah. 45 and i got on one a few weeks ago <laughs> to go to oh, chicago yeah. <laughs> yeah overcome that fear yeah this is your fearless journey so you know we're guiding yes. you through yeah you know <laughs> Growing right? your fear with courage. So that's I, I thought that's why we were doing this. That's like right. therapy. Get on that train. Yeah. People is... just get the benefits of hearing yeah. our <laughs> Yeah, get I'm on the train about. is right. Yeah. So Heather, you have actually said something about your first fear that I think a lot of people might be able to relate to as far mm. as it's a little more this com- being a fear. It's a little more common. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That way, yeah, yeah. But then, it's it's you know, still getting... horrifying. Oh yeah. And yours like went to a whole new level. Then you, go ahead and tell us what your first fear is. Um. So when I and I, I'm gonna say I don't know exactly how old I was. I had to be in the three to four range, and because of the house we lived in. And my Grandpa Jack and my Granny Franny, I love that name, isn't that awesome, Granny yeah. Franny? So her name was Frances, and we called I her called her Granny Franny. And they they took me to the, um, it was like a fairgrounds, but I don't remember the rides or the food or anything like that. The memory that I have is screaming and getting drug into, they had like a, a tent that was kind of like the nurse's station. And them ripping off my dress. And what happened was is a wasp had flown up my dress and and got caught. And so it was stinging me over and over and over again because it couldn't get out. And wasps can do that. So thank you, bees, that you just sting us once and give up your life. And I appreciate that. But wasps <laughs> I am not a big fan of even to this day because, you know, you don't give up easy. But that that was my first fear and or my first memory of fear of like being absolutely petrified and in pain. So it was like Ooh, that combination yeah, yeah. of fear and pain. And that you know even just a little thing like that s- sticks with you. Yeah. Cuz I don't re- have a lot of memories of plain things, normal things when I was little, like happy things. Mm-hmm. I just they're more of those big mm-hmm. fear moments that I remember when I when I was younger. Yeah. So, you know, I think that kind of stuff sticks with you. So it's a little bit shorter story and a little more common, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I had fear the rest of my life over different things, you know, and we get into it, you know, within our episodes, but that that was my first, my first memory of fear. I think I can relate to that, Heather, because... A lot of my memories were big event type things, too. Mm-hmm. That was a life change. Like they stuck. And you yeah. didn't quite understand or yeah. you didn't, you know, why was I here? What was, 
this situation, you yeah. know? Yeah. Mine was a, as well. It, yeah. it, a lot of it is the, the big moments that really made an impact and impact and changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that says something because when I feel like when we have fears, sometimes they're put in us. I don't remember being stung by a bee or a wasp or anything hmm. in my life until lucky. I was oh, like, I was gonna say, yeah, no, I don't think I've ever been stung until I was in my 30s. Oh my god, and wow. I and stepped so, on a yellow jacket once, that wasn't mm, good either. Oh, well, and it was I, dead and it still hurts you. Wow, <laughs> dang, thing. I had fire ants all over yep. my feet oh once. My oh, yeah, I oh, was yeah. squatted down Them playing. Little. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. And with my feet on either side of a red anthill, one time at my aunt and uncle's, they were stationed with the Air Force over in um, San Antonio. And I'm sitting there in their yard playing. San Antonio, Texas? Yes. Okay. So I'm sitting there. Remember the Alamo people. Yeah. I'm squatted down playing on the ground. And I think it's just sand, you know, and and I'm playing in it. And red ants all over my entire body. Mm -mm -mm. But I really don't, I don't think. I remember ever being stung by anything, but I was petrified of them. Like I, if I would see, yeah, if I would see a bee or a a wasp or anything like that, I'd be screaming, freaking Mm -hmm. out. And I went to camp, like YMCA camp for two years, two weeks every, every (laughs) year for years, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and was outside all the time. And, but I can't remember why I would be scared of them unless oh. I had seen someone, someone else, else go through that pain. Scared of yes. them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned something interesting. You said sometimes people put fears in you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good opportunity for Becky, mm-hmm. for you to share your first memory yeah. of fear. So I'm going to come at fear in a little bit different angle. And I want to do it in honor of my mom and my dad. Because sometimes fear can be placed in us. And it's generationally done. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking about that as I was, you know, thinking, I'm going to share this. But it wasn't actually a fear that I had, but it was a fear my mom had. You know, as I say that, I want to do that in honoring them because this was a fear that come from something in her life that she was expressing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah, sometimes yeah. we do that unconsciously. like Absolutely. So... When I was a baby, my mom and dad divorced, and I think I was probably two, but I don't remember this time because I was so little. Right. But my my mom had took me, and we went out to Kansas, and my dad was trying to find me. So he found me eventually, and he took me, like, in his car. He took me with him, and... um. I just remember my mom. My mom talked about that so much, and oh, how because, and how so scared I was. She felt like it was almost like a kidnapping. Yes, right. Yes. Oh man. So, and my dad. It's so interesting from everyone's perspective because my dad was like, "I love you. I was trying to find you, mm-hmm. and I wanted to. I wanted you to be with me." Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, "You've hurt me. There's this pain." And you come and took her without knowing her. Yeah. And there's all that fear that settles in that. Wow. So it was a fear that I really didn't have. Mm-hmm. But she did. And she expressed mm-hmm. it so that I... And 
And all that come from, I believe, is from her having things that probably her parents put on her that were unresolved and so forth and so on it goes. Right, right. Pass that on. Yeah. And then she instilled that fear into you. And I and yes. I think we've talked about it before where I think it created almost like a fear of abandonment yes. in you, yes. right? Yeah. So honestly, those were, yeah, that was one of those big moments. Like yeah. you, um, I remember a small piece of that, but I don't remember the details, but she did, obviously. As right. a mom, As you a would. Mom, you remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you either going to black it out or you remember every detail. Yeah. So- as time passed by, right? So as time passed by without without my mom or dad even realizing, um, and they went on to remarry and had, you know. Had other, other people. Had other pe- yeah, had other people in their lives. And I always felt that I didn't fit in. Oh, so yeah, yeah. the abandonment was mm-hmm. like, it just grew, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. As time went on, it just um, yeah. There was new things. Yeah, that it magnified itself. Yeah, the abandonment. And you know that is exactly what fear does. Also, mm-hmm. it magnifies itself if you do not put a stop to it. It's good. That's so true. It's yeah. so true. What I mean, it really is. Whatever you focus on yeah. becomes. That's what becomes bigger in yes. your life. That's what you notice. You see more of it. Right. So I eventually developed the story that. No one really loves me. No one really cares about me. I don't fit in. The world is against me. The world is against me, yeah. Mm. And nobody knew that. Like, my parents didn't know that. Yeah. So that's, that is. When they didn't even mean for that. Right. Like, that wasn't something exactly. like, I'm going to teach Becky that yeah, the world exactly. is against her. <laughs> I mean, you know. What, what, you might like, as well learn it at a young age. child, people. <laughs> No, but seriously, this is part of the journey. This is why we are here talking to you today because this was a process for me to go back, not to sit there and dwell there or get get bitter at my parents or upset, but it was a time that I could go back and reflect on what were those things that kept me stuck or manifested themselves in my mind in my little mind to right. grow into the world is against me are you kidding yeah like yeah mm-hmm. and which became the uh, world view yeah, because we all did. we all have i think a world view a yes. lens that we look through of how we see the world yes. and how it treats us yeah and it affects how we show up in the world it does and i i was just speaking the other day and i said that is actually the thing that every day I have to push down mm. every day that pops up to me yeah. and says, now, what are you doing, Becky? Like, mm. and it's that the world is against me. Yeah. Old story that yep. I have to pound down yep. and replace with the true story of the world is not against the me. The world is not against you. If God is for me, who can be Oof. against me? Amen. <laughs> so then do you physically say that? I like, do. Is that- yeah. Like what would be um, the steps that you take to replace? Because we know that we can't just not think something. Right. And we also know our brains love to go nuts, you know, yes. with, and go on rabbit trails yeah. and go crazy. Mm-hmm. with Yeah. Yeah. Really with, especially with the more negative yeah. um, um, fear type mm-hmm. instances we go through. So 
what are the exact steps or is that it, you know, on how you're able to flip that into another replacing the fear thought and the lie with mm-hmm. a truth? That's that's really good. I actually teach something I call stop and switch. Yeah. Which and is, it's in one of your books. It is. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's already having a plan. So it's having a plan that when that and this is this is self-awareness. You have to you have to get self-aware, dig into an examination space where you can see, okay, I have this fear or okay, I do this when trouble comes or mm-hmm. I I run away when this problem if comes up keeps repeatedly coming up. So have a plan in place. So for me if it's that thought yeah, that gets you, you know, manifesting and starting to manifest, then you would be consciously aware. So now I'm going to pay attention to that. And now when that comes up, I'm going to say out loud, if God is for me, who can be against me? Yeah, that's good. And not only is the scripture going to push that down, mm-hmm. but it's going to also uh, build me up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's so. really you're using the it's called the law of replacement. Yes. You know, it's that thing you just said, Kat, too, that we can't yeah. we can't think on, you know, one thing and experience another. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, it's what, whatever we're focusing on. Yeah. And so you're literally just switching out the thought. Yeah. And, and you listening, you can do that, too, mm-hmm. is have a plan, just yes. like Becky said. So you you're aware, like, what is my fear? What am I afraid of? What is my normal response? Yeah. And, and that's not a healthy response. Right. Make a plan. Go ahead, Becky. And sometimes it's an action. So I was just going to throw this out there. So yeah. if you have a, a bad habit, like every morning I get up, go out and smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. If it's an actual action that yeah. you're doing, mm-hmm. replace it. So have a plan that, mm. okay, so I'm not going to go out that door. I'm going to, and I've even told people who have... Uh, had problems with infidelity Mm -hmm. that's just one i'm like okay so whenever you get that temptation that you want to call that person or you want to whatever you go out in the yard and run around like do something different that is completely different to get that off your mind so is it like creating a new trigger Mm -hmm. you know because something will happen and it triggers us and we have a similar response so we're creating a new trigger so when this happens then i'm gonna do this yes Yeah, right. It's creating a new neuro pathway in your brain. We literally have all of these pathways in our brains, which are actually our habits. And we are powerful enough to change our thoughts, our beliefs, Mm -hmm. our our thought patterns, Mm -hmm. our habits. And all it takes is just adjusting it in those exact ways yeah. mm-hmm. so that we can create that new neuropathway in our brain yeah. and create a new habit and hopefully you know out of out of experience of sometimes not going in a positive habit way you know with it <laughs> yeah i Eventually. highly encourage <laughs> I highly encourage you to go in the positive <laughs> yeah, right. way when creating a new neuropathy. Uh, yeah. And That's repetition. Good, yes. It's over <laughs> yeah. and over and over. Unfortunately, I've been a slow yeah. learner. Yeah. yeah. Me wow. too. Me <laughs> too. 
But you know, I, God, I, yes, grace. Yes. And I think it's very important. I'm so glad you said that, Heather, because it's so important for us to give ourselves grace, yes. but it's also important for us to give those around us yes. grace as well. Oh, yes. Yes. And because we're human. Just like the and stories we're gonna we all jack shared. up. Just yeah. Now, you yeah. know, we're human. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to jack up. Yeah. And it's okay. When we do, right. you pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps, you dust yourself off, and mm-hmm. you move on. Yeah. And then you try again. So many times I think we mm-hmm. give up after only trying once or maybe just a couple times. Yep. But it is a constant practice. If you really, really, really want to change a habit in your life, just constantly mm-hmm. practicing and just don't give up up and you will get there yeah never give up never surrender so what keeps you from accomplishing your dreams we're going to talk about that next time as we continue to unpack those obstacles 